Yes, everyone, and welcome to another conversation. Uh, Virgi, I hope you can hear me. Yes, thank you. You mentioned that there's a difference there. What are the effects of, you know, subduing the mind? Like what happens then? Because we're, we're saying that the mind is where, you know, desire starts to crop up and then based on that, you know, actions take place. When the mind is subdued, do we no longer have desire or like how does it work? Let's go a little deeper into it. When we talk about desire, as I said, desire is an inherent property of a conscious entity. Mm. So when you are a live conscious entity, you will have desire. Desire is inherent in your nature. Now, whether you have desire of something which is physical or something which is non-physical is what is decided by the mixture of uh, the experience that you have acquired. Now, what are the experiences that you are acquiring right now? You are acquiring only the worldly experience. You are getting in touch with only the, the worldly subjects. So the, the reason you get a worldly desire is for the fact that all our worldly experience are preserved in our chitta. And the chitta is activated by the mind and those worldly subjects start rising in your mind. The, of course, when the subject rises in your mind, your soul connects to that subject and you have desire for it again. Mm -hmm. So desire originate from the soul only. Mm -hmm. Mind is just a, a, an agent which causes that desire to happen because it it titillates you, you know, that, hey, this is a subject. Do you desire for it? <laughs> so, yeah. so mind is an agent which brings that subject to you and then you have desire for it. So that is why we said that the mind is responsible for our worldly desire. Right, right. Right. Yeah. So in that case, the question arises, like the, if the soul is capable of, desire even you know right now if it's capable of that then why is it not self-aware like if the soul can right now say this is what i want then why can it not understand who it actually is right so in fact coming back to your previous question also which is also related yeah so as, as i said that uh, mind is responsible for the worldly desire yeah. for the fact that Mind has a constant job, constantly it is working you to connect to the worldly subjects. Mm -hmm. So by that we can understand that as long as mind is active, it will keep moving from one subject to another subject and you will always remain engaged with the worldly subjects. So by that we can understand the moment mind will come to complete stillness, what will happen? your worldly experience will vanish. Mm. And when the worldly experience vanish, there'll be also a point in the, in the journey of Vihangam Yoga meditation that your consciousness will be set free from the clutch of the mind. Mm. By that, what I, what I want to say is, when let's say you are enclosed in a cave, then you are limited to have a vision of 
the sky which is within the the purview of the opening of your cave you can only see that much yeah. but when you are set free from the the cave then you see the the sky all over mm. as if you are you are breaking the boundaries which you are confined in and now you're you're like uh, you know uh, open to infinite sky mm. so similarly uh, mm. when you are under the clutch of the mind you have a limited window to experience the thing mm. but when the mind is subdued when the consciousness is set free from the clutch of the mind then your consciousness is set free from the boundaries of the mind mm. and and that is when there's certain other element which unfolds into your experience which is of course non physical in nature because your consciousness definitely have the power to connect to something which is non physical in nature and that is when you start experiencing about even the self because you self is also non physical mm-hmm. you self is a soul a conscious entity and that consciousness cannot be perceived by the mind cannot be perceived by the senses so the moment we talk about uh, you know who am i well many people confuse this question by by describing this well i am uh, maybe a person who ha- who has these these traits and today i realize my traits so i know who am i now mm. but see who am i the question which is raised in the spiritual text is not to discover our uh, worldly traits uh, what we have become but this question is to reach to the very fundamental uh, it is not about what you have become but it is about what you are mm. so we have become uh, maybe a kind person or so and so this name this fame this is what we have gathered this is what we have become but what are we truly from inside you know our original uh, form that is what is being asked here when we say who am i and this will unfold only when you really unclutch yourself from the limits of the mind because what you are truly is a, a subject of consciousness it 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 is in the dimension of consciousness which is what unfolds when the mind is sub- subdued right right that is a very interesting thing to understand yes okay right so it's not like the soul is uh completely hidden from us it's more that we have a very limited incomplete and kind of like enclosed uh experience of what we actually are and the rest is kind of being governed by the mind is that accurate right right so we have chosen to perceive everything through the window of the mind so yeah. of course it's something like this if if you have chosen to be dependent on something then then you are restricting yourself within the experience that that your uh, mind can give yeah. and our our scriptures our own experience says that mind can only give you the experience of something that uh, is made out of the the creation made out of the matter 
mm-hmm. mind has no reach to anything beyond in fact in fact within that itself you know i always do the, this experiment when i when i ask people that uh, okay so um, for example i live in us uh, very close to new york so i ask people that okay think about um, uh, statue of liberty and it's very easy for people to recall because people have visited that place mm. and then i say okay now now think about patwatoli so the moment i say this term patwatoli people will uh, people will get confused uh, there'll be a moment a fraction moment of uh, the stillness they will just know don't know how to react about it yeah. so this also says that the mind has limitation Yeah. mind in fact mind can reproduce your experience that you have already got through your senses it is limited to your senses mm-hmm. it's just that it it's capable to weave together your different um, experience from different point of time and and in a form a, altogether a new experience for you but if you go very granular level the ingredient of the experience that mind is giving you right now then every ingredient of it is already perceived by you through your senses mm-hmm. so this says that your mind actually works within the periphery of your senses mm-hmm. it cannot go beyond the periphery of your senses so anything which is beyond the periphery of your senses is inaccessible not not accessible to the mind and so your mind uh, mind will never give you the experience of who you are because you are unperceivable by your senses right understood right that that that's actually much more yeah that makes a lot of sense okay so uh you know coming to an interesting two kind of things that i want to you know cover and then you know kind of wrap this up so first is i wanted to understand maybe the most critical thing that our listeners you know want to understand like we've we've talked about the mind its nature how does vihangam yog what is, what happens when we practice vihangam yog like why is it that vihangam yog allows us to control the mind i always say this uh, you know let's say the fire is on and you're sitting close to the fire of course how hard you try to keep yourself cool uh maybe you're kind of wiping your face all the time uh taking a shower in between but if you're sitting close to the fire the heat will keep coming to you mm. so the only way out is to put off the fire itself mm. so people talk about uh, meditation you know the very fundamental of meditation is controlling mind but of course if i ask you that hey my my child is bothering me uh, in concentrating can you just take care of handle my child so that i can concentrate on my work hmm. then the very first question should be where is your child yeah but unfortunately in spiritual world people have not asked this question when they are taught uh, the fundamental of meditation this should be very fundamental question where is the mind in the body that i want to control mm-hmm. if this question is not very clearly answered then um, as i said you are taking resort of maybe uh, the mental relaxation exercise but please don't call that meditation mm-hmm. because meditation begins 
with very fundamental thing which is called dharana first something called dharana happens and then the real form of meditation evolves and dharana is about controlling the mind directly not about working with the breath not about working with relaxing your body but working directly with the source the fire itself so in bihangam yoga meditation the very fundamental the very first stage of meditation itself is about uh, it's it's around the the very clear concept about the mind where it is located in the body how it functions when you are awake so you know how to exactly control get hold of the mind and hold it at one place mm. yeah. right so by nature of our practice because we're starting to locate the mind is it fair to say we become more aware of the way it works and then that allows us to focus better concentrate better it just seems like a natural extension of that right right so um, you know the good thing about the soul is that uh, you know it changes see the human being human being evolves with the wisdom when uh, you acquire the clarity about the stuff then the way you react will change because you get that much of clarity so vihangam yoga is not only about practicing meditation but vihangam yoga also gives you very clarity about every element through something called satsang you know when you read swarved you are basically getting satsang you are getting clarity about things so when you get clarity about mind how it functions then instead of allowing mind to take over your emotions the moment it starts taking over your emotions you just put a break on it because you, you get very clear idea about how the things start so the moment the seed starts germinating you act on it and you know exactly how to act on it because you understand very mechanism of how the different thoughts start germinating within you which we, which may drive you off track of what you are willing to do so understanding all that mechanism mechanism you apply those wisdom and you stay focused of course the the regular practice of meditation is very essential to apply or to be to be equipped with that much of control within you to have a break on the mind when you wish so so mind is definitely sorry the meditation is very fundamental need for you to be equipped with that much of control and power within you to apply a break on the mind and remain remain focused on what you want it mm-hmm. right very important to be able to do that um <laughs> because right. otherwise it seems like you know i just sometimes i i look at my own life and i see that you know we're bombarded with so much information and it becomes so hard to even just read something because you uh you're thinking about the previous 10 things you just scrolled past um and you know i think it it brings me to the maybe the last thing i want to reflect on with you for today at least which is how has all understanding these concepts and practicing meditation how has it actually changed your life in a tangible way like 
if you could look at yourself maybe before you started meditating and after, uh, or even before you started to understand these concepts and after, what has tangibly changed? Like for a person who's not in Vihangam Yog, right. like say myself, I'm new to it. Uh, if I am, right. then what, what is the, what, what happens? No, the, the beautiful change that has happened in my life, uh, which I always admire and um, I, I'm enjoying that change all the moment is that Vihangam Yoga actually evolves you as a person. It matures you as a person. And uh, you, you understand all the mechanism of sorrow and happiness in life. What is the root cause of any sorrow in life? How uh, things then change and you become happy? So Vihangam Yoga, what Vihangam Yoga brought change within me is it, it has broken the dependency on something else to be happy. Because through Vihangam Yoga, certain characters, certain traits have developed within me, which is enough for me to be happy. You know, people enjoy happiness being dependent on certain event. People, people want something to happen in life to be happy. But uh, I, I must op openly say that uh, I enjoy happiness out of being patient, being uh, serving people. Um, how to express this? It's it's like very inside, as if the happiness is now blossoming me inside, and I don't need to be dependent on things. Very nature of myself is uh, something I enjoy my nature itself. Something like this. What I have become that itself feel happy. You know, I don't need to look at anything else. The the nature that has developed uh, as a person within me. That as if the happiness is engraved in, into those traits that has developed, that has germinated through the practice of seva, uh, the satsang, and the sadhana, the meditation. As if certain traits develop within, which is very human in nature. For example, if you talk about, just imagine this thing. If you have developed a lot of patience within you, if you have developed the character of forgiveness within you, if you have developed the adherence to the truthfulness within you, these traits automatically hold you onto the ocean of peace. As if you will stay in the state of peacefulness all the time, whatever happens in life. As if this has engraved in your character, nobody can separate it from you. You don't need to be dependent on anything to be peaceful because the peace has become your character. So, so I have seen... Uh, you know, that change happening within me. So I enjoy myself. I don't need to be uh, dependent on anything else. I just enjoy my character. That's, that, that's the very change inspire me also to keep doing what I'm doing. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, I think you'll probably agree with me where I, when I say that it's, it very much feels like a blessing that any of that takes place uh, because even if I look at my own self as a practitioner um, of the last, um, you know, however many years, um, the it's definitely striking. You know, people when when you look back on yourself, you look 
you know, maybe five, six years back. And then you look at yourself today, you see a difference and you, you just bow your head because you, you feel like this science is, is transforming you, is evolving you. Like you just said, VAG, like I definitely see that in everyone around me as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, when you start reflecting on it, you you then realize, oh my God, that, that <laughs> so much has changed within. You just don't realize while going through the journey. But, uh, you know, it's as if saying, as, as you always say, that you never realize when you become this much tall because it's a gradual change. Yeah. And uh, that's what Bihangam Yuga does. Gradually, it makes you a human being, which is the most beautiful thing to happen in life. Absolutely. Well, VAG, um, I have really enjoyed this conversation. <laughs> um, I have learned uh, so many beautiful things from everything you've expressed. Um, thank you also for sharing, you know, your own personal journey, because I think that's so inspiring. Um, and it's so, you know, it really is the, I feel like it really represents one very important thing for me, which um, I hope for everyone listening, which is the life of a seeker, uh, which is, you know, you, you hear something, you try to understand it better, and then the journey begins, really. Um, Jigyasa, as, as Swamji says. Um, right. Absolutely. So I know, you know, it's, we've taken up quite a bit of the time here of your own, you know, very uh, precious schedule. Um, I want to thank you for coming on this platform once again, uh, you know, I know we're going to have many more conversations in the future. I still have a bucket load of questions that I want to ask you. No, I must, I must admit that it was so joyful talking to you, Abhinavjit. Yes. Yeah, like same. I, I just looked and I was like, wow, okay. <laughs> so that's just the nature of all this uh, knowledge, isn't it? Um, you, you start to... Absolutely, yeah. So... Thank you so much, um, folks. Like that brings us toward the end of a conversation. Uh, you know, this is what we're going to try and do from now on. We're going to try and grab a person uh, and, you know, a person as inspiring as VAG today. And we're going to just go deep because, you know, just like all of you out there, even we are learning from each other. Uh, you know, satsang as uh, VAG just expressed, uh, the online forum which we're trying to you know, develop here, it, the, the whole aim is for us to, to go deep, to understand things, and then to see those changes in our own lives. So I hope you all, you've all been able to benefit from this conversation. Uh, I know I'm going to you know, turn this off and then go and think about quite a bit of stuff <laughs> and reflect on my own life. Um, so I hope that you're all able to take something away from today. And uh, yeah, like let's, let's continue this journey. Uh, let's continue this evolution and let's go deeper and deeper and understand the science of the ancients, the science of Sadhguru Sadafadeji Maharaj, Bihangam Yog uh, on this global forum. So just there, everyone, and let's reconnect again. <laughs>